Hello, and welcome to Cast. I am here, you are here, that's nice, guess who's also here? Chickens, for some reason. Now, I'll tell you exactly what reason. I have found a place to park up, it's very early, there's just been a sunrise. And what I didn't realize is that I have parked up very close to a farm. So if you hear some cockadoodle-doos, I, I don't know, listen to this episode in the morning. That's all I can suggest. Nice to see you. I hope you're doing well. Um, I like when nice coincidences happen. It's good. I liked whenever I, um... I liked whenever I saw people and the phrase, nice to see you, I actually meant it. <laughs> kind of makes me feel bad, but there's definitely people that you don't want to see that you have to be like, oh, nice to see you. Um, that's a pretty human experience, right? I think that's safe to assume. Do you know where that happened most of the time? The whole nice to see you thing was, was on the bus. Uh, and that's the first word of today. Um, but don't worry, I'm not going to make the whole thing just anxiety-ridden and make it about awkward interactions on the bus. But there's definitely some truth to that. And it happened to me quite a lot because I, I used to get the bus to college every morning for like two years. And yeah, I didn't want to do A-levels because I was like, no, I'm going to go do music, bro. I'm going to go be in a band, bro. And that's pretty much what I did. It was awesome. I still remember my audition for it. I played a Jason Moraz song. Smashed it, actually. Uh, anyway, yeah, I used to have to get the bus for half an hour each morning and then half an hour back every day. Oh, actually, it was more like 45 minutes back because there was traffic and it was rush hour. But you know what? This doesn't matter. This is not part of the story. Well, it kind of it kind of is because I spend. It's not even a story. I'm just telling you about me getting the bus when I was in college. Oh, good morning. It is kind of valid because I spent a lot of time perfecting my headphones in "Don't talk to me" deep in thought kind of vibe, and I'm very good at it. I think I got too good at it because uh, on more than one occasion, uh, people would message me being like. Hey, I saw you earlier, but you had your headphones in and you looked really serious, so I didn't want to disturb you. And my response was, ah, <laughs> good. My plan is working. Soon no one will talk to me and I'll be alone forever. Ha 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 ha. Yep. Turns out that's a pretty lonely thing to do, uh, so I stopped doing it so much. In fact, a lot of the time on the bus, I wasn't even doing it to be, to, to, to not talk to people. I just often got the bus in the dark. And it rained a lot, so I used to spend half an hour most days pretending I was in a music video or a film. That was my moment. That was my moment. You did it too. Everybody did it. It was even better if I got on the front of a double-decker bus. That was the main character stuff. What am I talking about was the main character? That, that is the main character stuff. I mean, the only time I ever really get the bus now is like if I'm in London or something. Other than that, I have Halen. So who needs the bus? 
Take the bus? No, I'll just take my house. Don't even worry about it. It's all good. The last time I got a bus actually was a night bus in London. Not too long after I started living in Halen, actually, I'd, I'd come to London for a gig and uh, then went out afterwards and was planning to walk halfway across London for some reason to get back to my comfy van, uh, but I was really tired. So I got about half an hour into the walk and I thought I could really do with a bus because Uber would have been like 40 bucks and I'm like, no, not gonna do that. And uh, as I'm walking, lo and behold, I see a night bus going in the exact direction I needed a gift from the bus gods. I was saved. So at like 3 a.m. there was me and all these uh, extras in my music video on the top deck of this double-decker bus and um, after a nice 30 to 40 minute epic, epic video montage I was back at Halen and then I set the alarm off by accident. Apologies to all the people on that nice residential street I parked on. How did buses start out, do you reckon? Do you reckon a couple of people in the back of a car were like, it's dead back here, we need more people. A brief history of buses from bus.com. Over the last two centuries, innovation has completely reshaped the mechanisms and the looks of buses. However, their purpose has remained unchanged. They remain safe, efficient, and comfortable group transportation vehicles. Can you imagine if it did change? Oh, it's transformers now. What? Yeah, buses are transformers. What do you mean? Yeah, don't try and get on a bus now because you'll die. You will get crushed in, in all these moving parts. Okay, are you gonna, is that gonna be a, a notified thing? No, well, I'm notifying you now. So, yeah, but like, they've already changed. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork. I've had a lot of things to do. Okay, I'll, I'll get an Uber, I guess. Ooh, yeah, but you know, watch this space. Buses have evolved over the years based on society's needs. In the early history of buses, buses, Economic reasons ruled, replicating a single mechanism and running a bus business was so expensive and complicated that creating a more cost-efficient system was the top priority. Now, okay, this, I don't need all this. I don't, we, do, we don't need this. Here's a brief overview of how we got to this point. There we go. The first public bus line was launched in France in 1662 when Blaise Pascal developed a system of horse-drawn carriages that ran across Paris streets on schedule. However, the initiative hit the wall we would now call a failed product market fit. The carriages were only available to nobility, and their interest in the novelty, unsupported by a real need, faded within a decade. No, th no I'll tell you what that is. There probably was a need for it, but people just didn't want to talk to other people. It's that bus thing. People... <laughs> That's what it was. It was the unsociability of nobility and the general populace that meant buses kind of failed at that point because 
because the desire to not talk to people overpowered the desire to get where you're going. The omnibus, born in 1826, could carry up to 42 passengers, with three horses required to pull it. France was again the first to test the innovation. This time, both commoners and gentry were allowed on board. In 1828, New York City also laid out its first omnibus line, with many other US cities to follow. There you go. It's nice not having to take the bus so much anymore. I mean, I have nothing against buses, really. Like, they're very good and very good for the the economy and stuff. And no, I, I don't mean the economy, the environment. There you go. That's the one. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Now, now I've got Halen. I've definitely got, like, the big vehicle conversion bug. And now I keep seeing all these awesome bus conversions. Um, like people that have bought like old school buses and double decker buses and I actually had a friend back in the day who converted a double decker bus into a party bus and had a great time um, always got pulled over by the police though because uh, I don't know I think most of the time they were just curious because it, it looked awesome like it wasn't inconspicuous at all but uh, yeah I'm definitely going to do some more awesome conversions at some point flower is the next word it's all right. He can call me Flower if he wants to. Man, I haven't seen Bambi in years. I actually have never seen all of it. I hope nothing bad happens. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Actually, I can't make that joke when, um, when I've just done the flower quote. Damn it. Bambi's a good film, though. I feel like I'm getting more of an appreciation for flowers as I age. Um, I wonder if that's just going to continue until I become like a crazy flower grandpa. Crazy flower grandpa. Do you reckon that's what parents who don't want to have the gay conversation yet call their kids gay grandfathers? Okay, kids, we're going to see crazy flower grandpas. Yay! <laughs> Mom, why do we call them crazy flower grandpa? They don't have flowers anywhere. Oh, I'll tell you when you're older, sweetheart. Okay. And how come Grandpa kisses Grandpa on the lips in the kitchen? And then Mum spits out her tea and Dad's heart rate skyrockets because they realise they have to have that conversation. They're not homophobic in any way. They're just awkward with that type of thing and they hate talking about it. Here's morning brain again. Did not think I'd be talking about this when, when I read the word flower. Should we just have some flower fact? Let's have some nice flower facts. Is it going to tell me about not metamorphosis? What is, what's the word? Micro, what's the thing that, is it mitosis? Meiosis? Is that the one? Okay, gardening channel. Let's go. Roses are related to apples, raspberries, cherries, peaches, plums, nectarines, pears, and almonds. Wow, okay, so they don't go into detail, they're just like, here's the information, here's the fact. Enjoy. No science, just accept. Just is. Tulip bulbs were more valuable than gold in Holland in the 1600s. 
Chrysanthemums are associated with funerals in Malta and are considered unlucky. Uh, oh, the largest flower in the world is the Titan Arums. Titan Arums, which produce flowers 10 feet high and 3 feet wide. The flowers smell of decaying flesh and are also known as corpse flowers. Oh. Hundreds of years ago, when Vikings invaded Scotland, they were slowed by patches of wild thistle, allowing the Scots time to escape. Because of this, the wild thistle was named Scotland's national flower. That's awesome. The lotus was considered a sacred flower by ancient Egyptians and was used in burial rituals. This flower blooms in rivers and damp wetlands, but may lie dormant for years during times of drought, only to rise again with the return of water. Egyptians viewed it as a symbol of resurrection and eternal life. Really cool. Love that a lot. Dandelions might seem like weeds, but the flowers and leaves are a good source of vitamins A and C, iron, calcium and potassium. One cup of dandelion greens provides 7,000 to 13,000 IU of vitamin A. That sounds like it was written by a dandelion. Oh, I, did, I knew this one. Sunflowers move throughout the day in response to the movement of the sun from east to west. Yeah, I really like that. Moonflowers bloom only at night, closing during the day. Relatable. Cool. <sighs> they were some nice facts. Thanks, Gardening Channel. Exact is the next word. I kind of like that this word has come up because it makes me think of something I've been thinking about a lot recently, actually. Um, apart from hearing the word, <laughs> apart from hearing the word exactly pronounced exactly, and now I can't unhear it, um, I've been pondering the concept of perfectionism. Uh, and I wonder if some of you just went, mm-hmm. Oh, you're a you're a perfectionist that ends up not completing projects for the fear of it not being immaculately flawless too. Same, yeah. Or is it the fear of success that if you attain you'll you'll have set the bar exactly there, resulting in fear that you'll never be able to reach it again. Either way, hi. I do wonder how many people struggle with this and and like I said, I've been thinking about it recently because I I have been flip-flopping between these two states of being, I guess. And uh, something really interesting happened a while ago. I got this new music software that had a 90-day free trial on it, and the full version was, like, ridiculously expensive. So I, I thought to myself, how can I get the absolute most out of this? What Like, what can I do to do that? So what I did was I set myself the challenge to write a certain amount of songs using this software in those 90 days. And I said to myself, this time, just for this, it's quantity over quality. Doesn't matter if they suck. Doesn't matter if they're amazing. It's all the same. Just write, write, write. And 
boy did that do something awesome for me. It taught me that when you're not holding on to whether something is perfect or not, a massive door opens up in your brain. And when there's no bouncer there, as in like security guard, yes, a load of crap gets through, but so do some magical nuggets that you never would have known existed if you didn't let them in to chill and marinate all up in your brain sphere. Um, and that was like a revelation for me, just to be like, yo, nothing needs to be perfect. For starters, nothing is perfect anyway, so trying to achieve what isn't possible is just arrogant, really, if you think about it. And it, and I don't mean it in like a, a do the impossible, chase your dreams type of way, in like, I mean it in like a in reality, this is not a thing type of way. Everything has flaws. Just just make stuff authentic and, and stop worrying about it. That type of way. Okay, so that, that may not have been exactly talking about the word in question. Yeah, you see what I did there, though? To see how meta that was. Using the word to talk about the fact that I haven't been talking about the word. Do you know what? I take it all back. That was perfect. Perfection exists, and you should all strive for it all the time. <laughs> Are there examples of perfection that aren't me? Um, that just reminded me of like Prince Charming or something from Shrek too. Um, I suppose I guess God is the only supposed example of perfection, right? And even that's not a surefire thing. Well, it depends what you believe in, but. Um, and I think that goes for whatever God you believe in. I may be paraphrasing. I'm not sure. Please don't quiz me. I have not studied for this test. So what happens when you Google perfect then? Do you know what? Before I've even done it, if it's not Ed Sheeran, I will eat my hat. There we go, Ed Sheeran. Darling, you look perfect tonight. Good song, actually. Good song. Good one, Ed. Um, examples of perfection. I guess you can get a, a perfect score on Wii Bowling. Why did I say Wii Bowling? Why, why did I need to be specific about Wii? Bowling. But let's be honest, Wii Bowling is amazing. Oh, by the way, if you're ever playing Wii Bowling and you play the 99-pin knockdown side quest game where it goes from like one pin all the way to like 99 just know that if you manage to throw the ball just right and have it cruise along the top of the barrier on the side of whichever hand you throw with it will hit a button which knocks them all down there you go five people listening to this who play wee bowling actually do you know what if you if you do play wee bowling can you tweet me Kevin Kingston or leave a comment on my Instagram because I might just put up a post that just says comment if you play Wii Bowling and see what happens. I reckon it'll be more than five actually to be honest. Okay printer. Printer is the next word. I, I don't really have anything anecdotal to say about printers that isn't filled with memories of pure frustration for it not working for me in some way for some reason as well like half the time there's not even a reason for it to work it's just having a day so instead of giving you second-hand anxiety from me talking about 
running across my university library trying to find a printer that worked to hand in my coursework because they weren't letting us submit online and I didn't realise that until 30 minutes before the deadline. I'm just going to talk about the history of printers. You're welcome. Okay, so if we're going to go back back, then... (laughs) Okay, the history of printing starts as early as 3500 BCE when the Proto-Elamite and the Sumerian civilizations used cylinder seals to certify documents written in clay. Other early forms include block seals, hammered coinage, pottery imprints, and cloth printing. Initially a method of printing patterns on cloth, such as silk, woodblock printing for texts on paper originated in China by the 7th century during the Tang Dynasty, leading to the spread of book production and woodblock printing in other parts of Asia, such as Korea and Japan. The Chinese Buddhist Diamond Sutra, printed uh, printed by woodblock on 11th of May, 868, that's a weird date to read, is the earliest known printed book with a precise publishing date. Well, there you go, that's why it feels weird. Movable type was invented by Chinese artisan Bai Sheng in the 11th century during the Song Dynasty, but it received limited use compared to woodblock printing. Nevertheless, the technology spread outside China as the oldest printed book using metal movable type was the Jikji in 1377 during the Goryeo era. Woodblock printing was also used in Europe until the mid-15th century. Late medieval German inventor Johannes Gutenberg created the first printing press based on previously known mechanical presses. By the end of the 15th century, his invention and wide-scale circulation of the Gutenberg Bible became responsible for a burgeoning economical book publishing industry across Renaissance Europe. This industry enabled the communication of ideas and sharing of knowledge on an unprecedented scale, leading to the global spread of the printing press during the early modern period. Alongside the development of text printing, new and lower cost methods of image reproduction were developed, including lithography, 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 screen printing and photocopying. And then in 1837, Charles Babbage designed the first mechanical printer for use with the difference engine that he also developed in 1822. Go on, Charles. The typewriter was considered a precursor to printers and keyboards, invented by Christopher Scholes in 1868. The first high-speed printer was developed by Remington Rand in 1953, designed to be used with the Univac computer. And the HP DeskJet inkjet printer was introduced by HP in 1988. There we go. Now we're on to 3D printing, which is crazy. 1992 was the first one. And the final word of today is castle. And I have yet to go to the castle they based Harry Potter off. <laughs> not, not Harry Potter himself. Hogwarts. There we go. Can you imagine? <laughs> that boy looks awfully like a castle, don't you think, Mildred? Stop it, Gerald. It's rude to stare. Poor boy can't help it. Morning, brain. So, Anik Castle is the castle 
in uh, in England, I think. I think they filmed some of the stuff there as well. Well, now I'm inhaling. Maybe I should go there, hang out for a bit, do some magic, defeat a Dark Lord or two. I wonder if there's Harry Potter LARPing. There must be. Quidditch is a thing, so Harry Potter LARPing must be. Anyway, I've always liked castly things. There's castly ruins near where I grew up, and uh, we always used to hang out down there, play King of the World and all that. Uh, but yeah, I quite like just standing in the middle of, of places like that, just in the middle of so much history, like that Ed Sheeran song. The other one, not perfect, the other one, Castle on the Hill. Good boy, Ed. Thank you for being good points of reference here. I wonder how many castles there are in England. Okay, according to according to anikcastle.com, England is said to be home to over 4,000 castles built many hundreds of years ago and scattered throughout the UK countryside and coastline. Many of the most famous still stand today, acting as a reflection of the country's rich heritage. Anik Castle has played a significant role in the border wars between Scotland and England over the centuries and continues to make history even today. The medieval castle is located in the heart of Northumberland and was erected to guard the road crossing the River Alne. Owned by the Percy family for over 700 years, much of Anik Castle remains as their home to this day, with many rooms of the castle beautifully preserved, such as lavish state rooms and artisan courtyard that are open to the public. Harry Potter. Fueling its status as one of the most famous castles in England, Anik Castle appeared in the Harry Potter film series, with many areas of the castle appearing in Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, in the Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, and Harry Potter in the Philosopher's Stone. Why not try out for the Quidditch team with a broomstick flying lesson in the castle grounds? You'll stand in the exact spot where Harry and his classmates first took flight. Amazing, I'm going. Okay, but when you look at a list of what castles are left, there are some rules. The criteria adopted for inclusion in the list include such factors as how much survives from the medieval period, how strongly fortified the building was, how castle-like the survival building is. Mm, it's giving me it's giving me maisonette rather than uh, castles, so mm, it's a no from me. <laughs> there's loads of others. There's loads of other uh, rules behind it, but. Um, yeah, I just, I recommend going visiting some castles. I don't think there's many castles in America, are there? Are there castles in America? Do y'all have castles over there? Oh, yeah, you do. Just not medieval ones. Because y'all are young and might go visit an American castle. Yeah, man, go visit some castles. Maybe I'll see you there. All right, I am going to go. Hippogriffs to ride and all that. As I said earlier, socials are all at Kevin Kingston, and if you want extra content, you can get that on my Patreon, where I talk about more stuff you can chill out to. All tears. It's nice over there, and I hope you feel a bit more chill than when we first started. Cool. So, take care, and I will speak to you soon. Bye.